7.15, she probably left the flat. Tina, Trist, Camille and Albie were already on their second round of drinks. Rebus had consulted the files to confirm those names. Trist was short for Tristram, and Albie was Albert. Trist was with Tina, Albie was with Camille. Flip should have been with David, but David, she explained on the phone, wouldn't be joining them. Another bust-up, she'd said, not sounding too concerned. She'd set the flat's alarm before leaving. That was another first for Rebus, student digs with an alarm. And she'd done the mortise lock as well as the Yale, leaving the flat secure. Down a single flight of stairs and out into the warm night air. A steep hill separated her from Prince's Street, Another climb from there would take her to the old town, the south side. No way she'd be walking. But records from her home telephone and mobile had failed to find a match for any taxi firm in the city. So if she'd taken one, she'd hailed it on the street. If she'd got as far as hailing one. I didn't, you know, David Costello said. Didn't what, sir? Didn't kill her. Nobody seeing you did. No? He looked up again directly into Rebus's eyes. No, Rebus assured him, that being his job after all. The search warrant, Costello began. It's standard, any case of this kind, Rebus explained. It was, too. Suspicious disappearance. You checked all the places the person might be. You went by the book. All the paperwork signed, clearance given. You searched the boyfriend's flat. Rebus could have added, We do it because nine times out of ten, it's someone the victim knows. Not a stranger plucking prey from the night. It was your loved ones who killed you. Spouse, lover, son or daughter. It was your uncle, your closest friend, the one person you trusted. They'd been cheating on you, or you cheated them. You knew something. You had something. They were jealous, spurned, needed money. If Flip Balfour was dead, her body would turn up soon. If she was alive and didn't want to be found, then the job would be more difficult. Her parents had appeared on TV, pleading with her to make contact. Police were at the family home, intercepting calls in case any ransom demand should arrive. Police were wandering through David Costello's flat on the cannon gate, hoping to turn up something. And police were here, in Flip Balfour's flat. They were babysitting David Costello, stopping the media from getting too close. This was what the young man had been told, and it was partly true. Flip's flat had been searched the previous day. Costello had keys, even to the alarm system. The phone call to Costello's own flat had come at 10pm. Trist, asking if he'd heard from Flip, only she'd been on her way to Shapiro's and hadn't turned up. She's not with you, is she? I'm the last person she'd come to, Costello had complained. Had you'd fallen out... What is it this time? Trist's voice had been slurred, ever so slightly amused. Costello hadn't answered him. 
He'd cut the call and tried Flip's mobile, got her answering service, left a message asking her to phone him. Police had listened to the recording, concentrating on nuance, trying to read falseness into each word or phrase. Twist had phoned Costello again at midnight. The group had been to Flip's flat. No one home. They'd been ringing round, but none of her friends seemed to know anything. They waited until Costello himself arrived at the flat, unlocking it. No sign of Flip inside. In their minds, she was already a missing person, what police called a Miss Pear, but they'd waited till next morning before calling Flip's mother at the family home in East Lothian. Mrs. Balfour had wasted no time, dialing 999 immediately. After receiving what she felt was short shrift from the police switchboard, she'd called her husband at his London office. John Balfour was the senior partner in a private bank.